Got a yellow jacket with black stripes. You got a little stinger, but you don't bite. You live in the kingdom of the queen bee. One big honeycomb family all day long. Working so hard, buzz your little song. Busy, 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 busy bee. Visit all the flowers. Busy, 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 busy bee. Making all the honey, putting apples on the trees. Making all the honey, putting apples on the trees. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Get your feet wet and pollinate from the watermelon to the. Grapevine, you make the summertime come alive all day long. Working so hard, buzz your little song. Busy, 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 busy bee. Visit all the flowers that you can see. Busy, 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 busy bee. Making all the honey, putting apples on the trees. Making all the Listening to a special broadcast produced by UMFM 101.5 in partnership with the Winnipeg Folk Festival, running Thursday, July 5th through Sunday, July 8th at Picturesque Birds Hill Park. Winnipeg Folk Festival is a celebration of people and music that has been one of North America's premier outdoor festivals for over 40 years. I'm Bruce Tullock, host of Beer for Breakfast on 101.5 UMFM, and this episode spotlights Jeremy Fisher Jr., not his son. Just his sonly moniker. Born Jeremy Bins, he hit the stage in the 90s with the Newfoundland band The Obvious before striking out on his own as Jeremy Fisher, releasing his major label debut in 2004, Let It Shine, which spawned the wistful hit High School. You still know it. It's stuck in your head. I know it is. 
But it was his third album, Goodbye Blue Sky, that solidified Jeremy Fisher as a bona fide songwriter among songwriters. Critically acclaimed, uh, publicly loved, it produced a, a big single, Cigarette. Uh, ironically, eh? In these days. But it still receives airplay. Great song. His most recent release was 2014's The Lemon Squeeze. And again, more critical acclaim and a hit. Uh-oh. A duet with Serena Ryder. Uh, Jeremy Fisher Jr. will be performing at the Chickadee Big Tent throughout the weekend. For the full lineup, a complete list of set times to purchase tickets or for more information on the Winnipeg Folk Festival, visit the Winnipeg Folk Festival, visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca. And welcome, Jeremy Fisher. How are you today, sir? Good, Bruce. Thanks for having me. It's been a while. I think it was... Uh, no, it wasn't the Goodbye Blue Sky. Maybe it was, the Le- it was the Lemon Squeeze Tour the last time we talked. And uh, now you're Jeremy Jr. What, uh, to make the, I assume it's to make the uh, demarcation between what you do as a, as a songwriter in general and what you're, and this project for families. Yeah, so Jeremy Fisher Jr., uh, the record is called Highway to Spell, is my <laughs> first album aimed at young listeners um and i wanted to make sure there's a couple reasons for the for the change in the name actually one of the one is just like you said so that people know that it's you know that i'm making songs for kids but there's also a popular children's book called a tale of mr jeremy fisher so i didn't want to be going out and booking gigs playing obviously playing children's shows and have people think that they're showing up to see a play about uh uh uh, a Beatrix Potter character frog or something like that. So it was important, you know, for the marketing of the record that we made sure that this sort of had its own name to it. But uh, it is Junior spelled out, not Junior like J.R. as in my son, Jeremy Fisher, the younger. So I, and, hopefully all that translates. And uh, it's another fantastic album. I mean, it's got the great pop sensibility doesn't talk down to to children. Do you think of it as a a kids album or or a family album? Because to, depending on the uh, the performer you talk to, like Al Simmons versus uh, say Lulu and the Tomcat, they've got a different take on how they want to direct their music to the families. Well, it yeah, I definitely am. A, I'm a parent of a two year old girl, and um, I don't talk to her any differently than I talk to anybody else and I find that she responds to it and understands me just fine and and that a lot of the music she likes is music that is um you know she she loves ABBA she loves Raffi she loves Fred Penner she loves uh Michael Jackson and so I didn't see any reason to sort of go down that overly you know um uh what's the word like over embellished in in a in a caricature way i just wanted to kind of be myself the way i am with my own kid and the songs are you know i think my ambitions as a as a as a children's entertainer is like i want to be the pixar of children's music where it might be aimed at kids but that it it appeals to the whole family so that's the idea. Well, well, our generation uh, was raised primarily on repeats of uh, the Flintstones, where all now you know all of the inside jokes 
were adult, but they were still funny. You didn't really mm-hmm. get that the the movie star Anne Marg Rock was Anne Margaret. We didn't know, no. but, but the adults we did. We just knew that it was a, a funny stone name, and we enjoyed it. And the fan, and you know, the adults got something, the kids got something. But a bing, but a bang. It's all we're all watching this together. Exactly. Yeah, and I think that's that's totally my hope with this music is that it's you know not only palatable for parents but enjoyable too as a parent i can say it's totally palatable palatable for parents and uh, thank we, you we, we came in with a uh, busy bee and uh we're gonna give we're gonna give a shout out to uh my niece izzy busy izzy she uh she's busy but they all go through that stage <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where they get into everything. And, uh, well, tell us about Busy Bee. I mean, it's it's a pretty, uh, it's also a timely uh, song, a topic, in that adults are concerned about bees now. Right. We're all concerned about the bees. We, we Bees are wonderful little creatures that um, are a big part of our world. And, uh yeah, that song came from a few places. I mean, in its inception, it just came from this funny little voice I used to do for my kid um, that was like a little bee. You know, I'd do this little bee character, and I called it Busy Bee. And then when uh, we were hanging out one day, you know, with the guitar playing music, I just came up with the little the chorus, the Busy, 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 Busy Bee chorus. And then I thought it would be kind of cool to you know, be somewhat descriptive of what a bee does. Because I think that's something that I didn't really learn as a young kid, or if I did, I forgot anyway. Um, and I used to, I, when I lived in Seattle, in fact, we had bees in our backyard. One of my housemates was a beekeeper. And so I have a bit of experience living with bees, and they're amazing creatures. And we'd get fresh honeycomb out of the hive and, and uh so that made a big impression on me. It might have had a little bit of an influence on the song as well. And and, and uh, you, before we get back to the album, you mentioned when you were living in Seattle, you've been almost everywhere. You, um, Where do you call home? Like, you've lived in a few places. What makes a place home for you? Or at least a place you want to hang your hat for a while? Well, that's a great question. I feel at home in a lot of places and I have called a lot of places home and you know it's that old cliche really that that it's the people that make a place home I I find that the you know even the geography itself tends to um, have less except for my home where I grew up in Hamilton, that the, 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 the geography, the topography there, the way that it smells in the fall, all that stuff is like so ingrained in my being from growing up and experiencing my childhood there. But as an adult, I've lived in Wisconsin. I've lived in Seattle. I've lived in Victoria, Vancouver, Montreal, and now I live in Ottawa. And I feel very at home here. I've been here about seven years and this is where we had our daughter and I've got lots of great friends. There's a great creative community here. I mean, that's certainly something that's important to me as as a person that makes their living as a songwriter, being surrounded by other people that do the same thing, other people to collaborate with, people to record with, and people to just, you know, go out for a coffee and talk shop. And from Ottawa, you can do a full-blown tour and sleep at home every night. 
<laughs> you kind of can, yeah. It's right in the middle of everything. It's not on the way to anywhere, but it is a very... I, the great thing about living here, um, for me, you know, touring around and playing shows, is that I get to spend a lot more nights at home in my bed than I ever did living in Vancouver, for example. That That is the, the reason our, our good friend James Keelahan left Winnipeg. He loved it here. He was a great part of the community. We miss him. But he said, you know... I can tour and come home every night. And right. when you've got kids, every minute is magic. You don't want to be away. It's uh, something you can intellectualize. But then you have one of these little critters. And, oh, look, she moved her hand. <laughs> I know. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's, I, I, I equate uh, being a parent a little bit to like being on hallucinogens <laughs> where completely normal things are mind-blowingly amazing, you know? Um, all the little steps of going through, you know, watching them smile for the first time and laugh and you know, crawl and walk and all. Like, you know that stuff that's supposed to happen, it's going to happen, but when it does, it blows your mind. Is, is that what prompted you? wanted an album for your daughter? Or, like, what was the, the impetus behind? I took seven weeks off uh, when my partner went back to work and uh, after Matt leaves because we didn't have daycare lined up yet. And in that time, I wrote almost all of these songs. And so at the end of that, my plan was to go in the studio and, and make my next, you know, Jeremy Fisher, not junior record. And I realized that I had almost enough to make a record. So then I started looking around to, you know, get a couple cover songs on there, like the song Peanut Butter Sandwiches is one I learned at summer camp as a kid. Uh, I Lost My Shoe is a song that my friend's dad wrote. He was a teacher in the Hamilton School Board for 35 years. Um, and then I even wrote a couple more once I got into the studio. And it just happened really naturally. And I thought it would just be a bit of a make-work project to keep me... I have a little studio in my backyard, so I was able to work there during the day and have dinner with my family every night. And... Um, and then I sent it out to the people I work with, and everyone got excited about it, and I was excited about it. So now here we are, talking on the podcast, coming to the Winnipeg Folk Fest. Yeah, we always love having you here in Winnipeg. Take us to that moment when you walked into uh, Hidden Pody, your, your record label, and they said, Jeremy, you're back. How's the baby? What's up? I'm doing a kid's album. <laughs> well, Because the, the last thing people remember is, uh-oh, and that's not a kid's song. <laughs> not exactly. Although not not a kid's song either, but that's another, <laughs> that's another story. But uh, I I've got I've always had you know great support from my my record label and management team, and you know they recognize the good things that I do. I think they and and they definitely you know there there have been ideas I've had and gotten excited about that seemed like a good idea at the time, and and they've sort of helped guide me away from those things, but. You know, I, I, they, it was actually their enthusiasm that made me uh, take it a little bit more seriously. You know, I, I was just going to do kind of acoustic guitar and vocal record, just very simple recordings of these songs. And it was their enthusiasm, along with my agent, agency, Pac-N, um, that sort of made me look at everything I was doing and put a little bit more time and bring some more people in to add some more instruments into the mix and make it a bigger production. So, I mean, not that it's a huge production, but we got some sax and some clarinets on there and a couple 
uh, guest vocalists and a choir of 16 kids. So it did become, you know, something that it turned into a real record, man. <laughs> Just a couple of things like a choir. <laughs> mm-hmm. Currently, are you planning this to be a project or some, or an ongoing serial? My plan is to do whatever I can to to be a, a, a present father for the at least the next, you know, eight to ten years in my daughter's life. And, and whatever I can do that allows me to kind of like be not only present physically, but also mentally in that. So I, I don't know. It, it could be that, that that I do this for a little while. I, I I did release a single earlier this year, just a regular Jeremy Fisher single, and I'll probably do a little bit of that stuff as well. It's it's sort of, this is all hitting at a time that, you know, I've, I've made six Jeremy Fisher records and one Jeremy Fisher Jr. record, and you know, with this ever-changing music industry that we're in, I'm at a point where I'm wondering, you know, is the next thing I do a Jeremy Fisher album anyway? And this feels really weird to be speaking so much in third person, but I want (laughs) listeners to know it's not that I'm speaking in third person. I'm trying to differentiate between the kids project and the not kids stuff that I do. Anyway, moving forward, I think it's going to be a little bit of both. I mean, this summer, it's some of the festivals, I'm just playing junior songs, and some of them I'm doing um, sets of both kinds of music. So I'm hoping it can be that, because I'm really fulfilled by both at the moment. I've always found that there's still this childlike outlook, not naivete, if you will, but like the youthful idealism never seemed to wane. Yeah, I think I try. I definitely consider myself an optimist in life, and... You know, I got to say, doing these kids songs is like uh, just the, the, how, how short they kind of have to be and how concise is a real exercise in pop music songwriting, I think, anyway, folk pop, because you can't really get away with it. Sometimes, you know, in songwriting, you get away with abstraction where you know, you're just trying to make a rhyme work or something like that, and people can take what they will away from it. But with kids, you do have to be direct, and sometimes that's more of a challenge. So it's not entirely different from the other songs that I've written. And in some ways, I get the sense that I've strengthened some of my songwriting. What do you What do you think is going to, or what has already translated, have you brought over to the Jeremy Sr.? songs like what have what have you learned from this process i guess is the question it's editing and revising i mean and that's something that i've always been big on but um you know generally when you when you sit down to write a song it ends up being somewhere from three to four minutes and the kids stuff i'm i'm really trying to keep like around closer to the two minute mark and so it's harder to write a in a way, it's harder to write a shorter song because that means editing down and taking out anything that may not be absolutely necessary in there because you want to move on to the next thing and keep them interested with shorter attention spans. So, um, you know, there's good and bad with that. I think in a pop song format, that's a good thing. You know, brevity is good and, and being concise is good. Um, and that's not always appropriate, you know, you want some of the deeper cuts to have maybe a more fleshed out arrangement and a more even ambiguous sort of 
theme and you you want you want it to be open ended and that's that's great for some songs but i think you know i i love pop music i love writing pop songs i love writing hooks and this has been like just an exercise in that if it's not catchy and if it's not concise it doesn't belong on the kids record <laughs> you know and that's why we love your music jeremy absolutely love it all, all, always a pleasure. Uh, we will be there at, under the big chickadee tent with uh, at this will be uh, our Daisy's very first folk festival. Are you bringing the family along for any of this with the festivals? I really hope so. We haven't made our travel plans yet, but that's that's the idea. Our our daughter was not yet born last time I played Winnipeg and uh, Winnipeg Folk Fest, and so um, I'm really excited to. She loves festivals. She loves music and seeing people dancing and dancing herself. So I hope I can bring her. I uh, We hope so, too. Jeremy, thank you ever so much. Or should I say Jeremy Jr.? <laughs> thank you ever so much for joining us today. Thank We're, you for having me. And, and uh, let's take him out with, with another song, Turtle and Guy. Tell us about this one. We like turtles. <laughs> Turtle and Guy is based on a camp counselor I had as a kid he, uh, his nickname was Turtle this guy named John Wardle and I was telling my daughter about him one day and just you know as I was telling her the story about his nickname it came out I said wouldn't it be funny if a guy named Turtle had a turtle and named it Guy and then I started singing this little folk song and in, in about 20 minutes later he had Turtle and Guy as you hear it today uh, Highway to Spell uh, is the uh, new Jeremy Fisher Jr. album. Get it? That way you can sing along under the big chickadee tent. Thanks, Jeremy. Thank you. And we remind you that Jeremy Fisher Jr. will be performing underneath the big chickadee tent. And I'm Bruce Tellick. You've been listening to a special podcast spotlighting Jeremy Fisher Jr. To hear more featured artists at the Winnipeg Folk Festival, visit umfm.com and be sure to visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca to get tickets to this great event running July 5th through 8th at Birds Hill Park. There's a guy named Turtle and a turtle named Guy Share a little house on the Lower East Side Nap all day, sleep all night Guy named Turtle and a turtle named Guy Oh, why, oh, why At breakfast time somebody called on the phone They said, hey, is Turtle home? Well, Guy looked at Turtle, Turtle looked at Guy And said, is it for you? Or is it for I? There's a guy named Turtle and a turtle named Guy Share a little house on the Lower East Side Nap all day, sleep all night Guy named Turtle and a turtle named Guy Oh, why, oh, why? At snack time, somebody called on the phone They said, hey, is Guy home? A turtle looked at Guy Guy looked at Turtle and said, how will we ever get over this hurdle? There's a guy named Turtle and a turtle named Guy Share a little house on the Lower East Side Nap all day, sleep all night Guy named Turtle and a turtle named Guy Oh, why, oh, why? At lunchtime, somebody called on the phone They said, hey, is 
Raffy home. A turtle looked at a guy who was eating a cucumber and said, I think they must have the wrong number. There's a guy named Turtle and a turtle named Guy. Share a little house on the Lower East Side. Nap all day, sleep all night. A guy named Turtle and a turtle named Guy. Oh, why, oh, why? At supper time, somebody called on the phone. They said, hey, is anybody home? Guy looked at Turtle, Turtle looked at Guy, and it took him a second to realize. Telemarketer, no thank you. There's a guy named Turtle and a turtle named Guy. Share a little house on the Lower East Side. Nap all day, sleep all night. A guy named Turtle and a turtle named Guy. There's a guy named Turtle and a turtle named Guy. Share a little house on the Lower East Side. Nap all day, sleep all night. A guy named Turtle and a turtle named Guy. Oh.